The scriptures that we are looking at today is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I've entitled the message today, Wrong Beliefs Don't Make Life Right. <laughs> Wrong beliefs don't make life right. I know those are negatives, and so it should have said right beliefs make right life right, but I thought I'd make it. Anyhow, we look at this and we say, right beliefs make life right. And uh, <laughs> if, if, if wrong beliefs don't make it right. And there's so many, so many beliefs and so many concepts going on around our lives that, you know, justification, trying to justify how we see things, justify what we believe. And even though it's wrong, it doesn't, it's not going to change our life. Christ is one who is changing our life from the inside out, and Paul is writing to the church at Colossians, and he is saying um, that Christ is our life. So, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you're stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom-made by the Creator with His label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, Slave and free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ, 
keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And, call, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your heart out to God. Let every detail of your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. <laughs> Isn't that quite a, quite a list of things and quite a description of, of what Paul is giving to the church there? So the life we live for God is a life of choice. You know, the life we live is a life of choice. We are where we are because of the, cho the choices we've made. <laughs> we choose to be who we are. Now, there's a lot of circumstances, there's a lot of things out of our control, but we choose how we respond to them. And Paul is telling, and, and, and Paul is explaining here, that true Christian behavior is like putting on the new self, putting on a wardrobe, putting something on, taking off what doesn't fit and burn it. Okay, taking off what doesn't fit, it is so ragged and torn and smells, you just might as well burn it. Don't try and wash it and clean it up. Put on the new garment, a new self that is the new self that has accepted Christ. And as regarding this earthly nature, this old nature, consider it dead. <laughs> so we change who we are. We change our moral behavior, our ethical behavior, by letting Christ live within us. Christ then will shape us into what we should be. Christ will be the one who works in our hearts and our lives. The illustration of the potter and the clay. You know, the clay can't tell the potter how to make it, but we allow God's word to shape us, not the circumstances of life not the problems of life, not the difficulties of life. We let the word of God, the hand of God, shape our vessel. You know, there's a story of this lieutenant. He's addressing his platoon. And he says, I'm looking for volunteers. Chances are the mission will not be successful. And many of you won't come back. If you're interested, step forward. Well, everyone looks around and then takes a collective step backwards leaving an unsuspecting volunteer standing alone. <laughs> That's a little joke. Yeah, step back in. Okay, so <laughs> we are not an unsuspecting volunteer in our relationship with God. We are not an unsuspecting volunteer like, did I volunteer for this? You know, where did everybody go? Uh, God, you know, I'm standing all alone here. What's going on? Where did everybody left me? Well, the call of God upon our lives um, is that God wants to be involved in our life and that we are not involuntarily volunteering. <laughs> we are making choices to follow God. And what happens is, you know, um, I remember whenever, whenever, we, whenever I did a lot of counseling that uh, we'd always let people know, what choices are you making? Well, you know, many people had a lot, well, it's not my fault, this happened, that happened, you know, it's, you know, it's my husband, it's my wife, it's my kids, it's my work, it's the politics, it's the, the neighbors, it's whatever, and it can be all of those things have impacts, but we're still making choices. 
Because if we rob ourselves of the ability to choose, then we have no control. If we are going to be in control of who we are and our life, we have to recognize the power of choice. And that's what God does over and over in the Scriptures. He empowers us by choosing. I choose Christ. As far as, as for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. You know, that's Joshua. As far as for me and my house, we're following God. Now what the rest of you do, that's up to you, but this is what we're going to do. And, it's, and it, we look at the power of choosing. And God is the one who influences our power of choice. And he tells us, put off the old man, put on the new. Wear garments. Wear garments that represent the power of choice that you want to make. Hmm. You know, there's books that say dressing for success. I remember that book was years ago. What is you dress and you act like the, for the position you want to occupy. And, and what we are doing is in, in, our, in our life of faith, what is a life of faith? A life of faith is declaring what we believe God wants to bring into our life. So we are choosing to follow Christ. We're choosing to put upon ourselves, put on the garments that God wants us to have. So that we, we are the part, we are the person from the inside out. We are the person that God wants us to be. It isn't, you know, an actor, a hypocrite, is one who plays a part. They dress the part, but they, them, they, they themselves inside are not the person. Okay? That's a hypocrite. A Christian who is putting on these things and fails is not a hypocrite. That's a person making choices and living up to an expectation and falls, but that, that's not a hypocrite. That's a person who is in the process of change. Show me a child that hasn't fallen when it's trying to learn to walk. You know, even when we're older, we fall down. Well, it's not my fault. You ever see people, somebody who fall? They hit the ground, they bounce right up. I didn't fall. <laughs> Looking around, anybody see me? You know, you know? And why? Because we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to be embarrassed. See, we look at this and, and, and it's like our life is a life in which we're choosing to follow Christ. And Paul is outlining here what this life is about. Wrong beliefs don't make life right. <laughs> wrong beliefs don't make life right. No matter how you slice it, it still comes up wrong. No matter how you deal with it, it still comes up taking away from the character that God wants us to become. So no matter how much we think you're alone in this life, no matter how much you think it's impossible for you to change, that's a wrong thought. Because God is never going to leave us nor forsake us, and we may be the person standing up and everybody is taking a step back, but you're not alone. Christ is with us. Hmm. Christ is with us. So no matter how much... Um, you can always tell when I watch QVC. So no matter how much QVC tells me that I need an apple peeler, there was uh, David in the kitchen this week, no matter how much you need an apple peeler, anybody watch QVC? I love David in the kitchen. He just reminds me of me. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm not in the kitchen. Yeah. But I like to watch that. I like, you know, it's every time I think, wow, we, we need those pans, you know. 
And then he had an apple peeler on there. You know, he's running around. I said, oh, we need an apple peeler. And uh, then he has beautiful cookware, you know, those things. Look at this. Look what you can cook in this. Whoa, wow, isn't that nice? And knives. And then they have this meat. You know, they, I love meat, you know. And especially look goods looks good, you know, this frozen meat. And it's not Omaha steaks. It's Arkansas steaks or something. I don't know. But anyhow, they got all these steaks juicy every time. They slice them down. All this juice runs out. You know, it's like, boy, we need those. You know, when I was raised, you know, raised on a farm, Anytime our freezer was empty, my mom would tell dad, dad, <laughs> you know, hey, Willie, we need meat. Okay, so he'd pick out a cow and take it to the butcher. And that cow would be butchered and brought back, and we would bring in boxes and boxes of meat. I mean, and bring it in, put it on the table, and we would wrap it. So we wrapped every piece of meat, and my mother inspected every package, <laughs> Every package. She knew what was in every package. And it was me like, whoa, this is going to be good. Oh, this is going to be good. So I know what good meat looks like, you know. And uh, so you see these guys and they go, oh, I liked that, you know. But you guess what? Much to my surprise, I can survive without these things they're trying to get me to buy. <laughs> so people are always trying to get us to buy something. And whether it's on QVC or TV or the newspaper are people with wrong beliefs about life. They're trying to convince you that this is a lousy life and it doesn't get any better and that things are never going to get any better because of, and they go through their belief system, and guess what? They are wrong. Christ and the Word, the Scriptures, outline for us what, is, what are to be our beliefs and our actions, and how that God is going to do a new work in us. Paul puts it this way to the, to the, to the Colossians, verse, chapter 3, verse 1. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, what's he saying? If you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Act like it. Everybody say that. Act like it. Okay? Act like it. What does that mean? It's not too complicated. Act like it. <laughs> if you're going to be a happy person, act like it. What does that mean? Oh, you smile? <laughs> you know, if you begin to, uh, begin to anticipate, begin to look like, act like, become that person. If you are, you see, this isn't something that we're going to, I'm going to give you a script and this is how you're supposed to dress and this is how you're supposed to talk and this is how you're supposed to look and this is how you're supposed to go. I'm not going to give that to you. Paul does it and he tells us that we are to live the Christian life as Christ has given it to us and he's telling the Colossians here, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Those are godly things. Christ presides over love. Forgiveness, gentleness, meekness. Christ presides over these things. And what does he mean by preside? He's, he's there. He wants to give them out. You know? He wants to give these things, impart these things into our life. So, don't shuffle along. I like this. This is a great visual thing. Don't shuffle along and eyes on the ground. Remember Tim Conway? Anybody old enough to remember Tim Conway? 
<laughs> He's my favorite. Oh, oh my, don't shuffle along. I'm in a hurry. I'm going to get there someday. I just love it. Tim Conley. I just love Tim Conley. Don't shuffle along. I like his golfer. I won't try that one. Anyway, he get down on his knees and he bops around and he has these little golf things. He's at his knees. Well, anyhow, I'm not going to do that one because I probably won't get back up and I have a wardrobe malfunction. But uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't wear my belt today. Anybody notice? I don't have my belt on. You know, I got, I got the okay to be without it. So at least that won't fall off again. Um, but we have all these things. And, and don't shuffle along with your eyes on the ground. Absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. Not just necessarily around you, but around Christ. And Christ, he's, he's, you know, God is in all of our, our lives. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about those who fear him. There's angels in your life, around your life. Says, King James says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek the things which are above. Our privilege is to be risen with Christ. Our privilege is that there's a new life in us that it begins in Christ. We have taken on a new self, a new life, a resurrected life. You see, we've already started to live for eternity. We just haven't got there yet. You know, heaven is our home. We just haven't arrived there yet. So we're in the process of getting there. You see, the old things pass away. The new things come into our life. All things become new. Everything takes on a different perspective. All things become new. Why? Because of the relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't shuffle along, eyes on the ground, absorbed with things in front of you. Look up. There's another world around you. The world beyond this one. Heaven is our home. You see, the shuffling of the world gets us to look at the, our way of life in the immediate present and that things we don't have are the things that are going to make us happy. We crave peaceful circumstances that prove that we are correct. We Whenever we aren't chasing peace, we're looking after thrills. <laughs> or we're looking for that one person who is solely exists to make us happy. <laughs> and all of these things are counterfeit. They're not real. And they offer themselves to us in bargains that will cost you your life. So... Don't be like the person who gets to the top of the ladder and only to recognize that it's the ladder's against the wrong building. You know? Look where we're going. Look up. Look up and be alert. Alert to what is going on around Christ. And what does Christ want to do in our life? He wants, he cre you know, I, 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 I just, this, this whole concept of God, while we were yet in our mother's womb, God formed us, made us, knew us, and while all, all of uh, what we need is in there, and the circumstances of life are going to bring out what's on the inside. But whenever the circumstances of life are bringing out, Christ wants to bring out the good in it. And so that the circumstances that don't have Christ, excuse me, circumstances in life have two options. Without God and with God. Hmm. The circumstances of life have two options. Without God and with God. 
we choose how we are going to respond. Christ wants us to choose correctly (laughs) and to allow the word of God to dwell in us richly. Heaven and earth are two different perspectives. Heaven and earth are two different perspectives. And guess what? They're opposed to each other. They're opposed to each other. Verses 3 and 4. The shuffling along life, (laughs) your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators. You say, well, you know, Christ has come into my life. He's saved me. He's forgiven me of my sins. I have a new life. Well, you look the same. (laughs) Spectators. But you see, I'm not the same. And Christians are not the same as non-believers. That our life is different because God is in us and we know that God is working in us and God has a plan for us and a purpose for our life that is greater than the life that we now live, that we would live on our own. So it's invisible to spectators but is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. Paul's just jumping ahead here for a moment. I want you to get an get you get an internal and, and I want you to get an eternal perspective here that when Christ returns at the end of life, you're going to be there with him. The real you is going to show up. And that glorious you, meanwhile, be content with obscurity, with Christ, like Christ. Meaning that. We're not going to try and bring all the attention and, you know, he who has the most toys wins. We're not going to try an accumulation of things. We're going to have the change of a life that gives us a different place. The old life is dead. The new life is in Christ. And when Christ, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies. Meaning that when you're dead, you ain't dead. (laughs) You just changed residence. You've just changed addresses. In the meantime, verse 5 to 8, that means killing off everything connected with the way of death. That's the pruning, last week's pruning. Wrong beliefs don't make life right. Killing off everything connected with the way of death. Killing doesn't mean you go out and get a gun and shoot things and people that disagree with you. Okay, that's not what this is meaning, in case you were, in case some of you that would look, you know, never, that's not what it says. What you're supposed to do is get rid of sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's the old life. Get rid of it. Allow that life in you to die. That's a life shaped by things and feelings. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thinking that God is about to explode in anger. You know, it's whenever people, you hear people saying, how long is God going to continue to put up with the sins of our, of our people, the people, the nations and the world? How long is, it, it's going to come to an end, but God is angry. 
And, and uh, in a sense that it hurts God to see so many people lost and away from his, his plan. It hurts him to see how that life could be so different and so good and people have chosen to be so evil. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all for done, gone for good. Make sure that old life is all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, and dirty talk. <laughs> you see, when we look at our life, there are motives behind us. There are motives, there are things that, that initiate what we do. Look at the motives. Look at what's going on in your heart. Examine your own heart. Make sure that this, this bad temper and irritability and meanness, they're gone and my life is hidden with Christ and God. You see, there are reasons why we, have, we do these things. There's always a reason. There isn't anyone who can't give a reason for what their actions. They have a reason behind it. doesn't mean it's a good reason. And often it ends up hurting them and hurting others. But God's way of looking at this is don't lie to one another. Don't lie. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you're stripped off and put in the fire. Put the clothes in the fire so you don't end up in the fire. <laughs> That's a Dave McGee translation there put the clothes in the fire the ill-fitting the ill garments what are the ill-fitting garments bad temper promiscuity all those negative things all those in, 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 you know life destroying principles that were listed earlier here those are the things that you need to get rid of they're ill-fitting you need to take them off and put them in the fire and burn them. It means they're not to be a part of your life anymore. Remember the, the pruning process in which God is the one, the husband who prunes the vines. And what happens when it's cut off? It dies. And it's not good for nothing but to be thrown in the fire and burned. Let the things of your life that are not going to add to the value of your life, the eternal value of your life, let them go. And then... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Ladies, the shopping's already done. Sorry. <laughs> the shopping's already done. You don't have to go out and buy it. I'm sorry. You don't have to go to the store and purchase. It's already done. You're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made. I've never had a tailor-made suit. <laughs> you ever have a tailor-made suit? Anybody have tailor-made suits and clothes and dresses and all that stuff? You know, tailor-made. I've been, I've been at weddings where people have had wedding dresses and things specifically made for them. I remember one, one wedding we went to um, years ago. It was out and it was a, a, we, were, we were invited there and the, um, 
individual, uh, the parents, the lady was marrying someone who was a dignitary, whatever, high up in the social network of that particular area. And the family went and bought this very expensive dress. And the family they were marrying into said, we can't have that. And they took the bride to this place. And uh, I think that, and this was 25, 30 years ago. And the, the new dress was well over $10,000 for the, for, the, for the bride. And it was tailor-made, is that right? Tailor-made? It was made by a seamstress, that was it. Made by a seamstress. I couldn't tell the difference, but, you know, it was, it was a very, you know, because they had to, you know, of their station in life, they had to have this, this particular dress made to their standard. And so it was beautiful, and it fit perfectly, but guess what? Nothing is as fitted for our life as what God has made for us. And guess what? It has his label on it. <laughs> Where did you buy that? Oh, you see right here? This little fish, shark, whatever it is. This is a Greg Norman. <laughs> that means nothing, right? <laughs> it's a Greg Norman shirt. <laughs> it's, it's a golf shirt. I don't play golf, but I like the way they, you know, they fit and... Besides that, they have stink resistance in them. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but you see, what, you know, you know, look, you can look at things and tell by the labels and tell what's on them. Some have Nike on the back. They have a little Nike arrow, and and you know they have Anya. I mean, all these different things. They have their symbols on them. Well, guess what? God has what? His label on what? On the garment that we wear. And what is the garment that we wear? wear? Well, we're going to find out in just a few moments. So words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider, outsider, uncivilized, uncouth, slave, free, mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. It is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether we've just begin, beginning or whether we mature in Christ, it's still Christian. Verse 12. So chosen by God, this new life of love, this is the life that God has his mark on it. Dress in the wardrobe that God has picked for you. And what is the wardrobe that God wants us to wear? One of compassion, kindness, humility. Humility is strength under control. Okay? There's, a, there's an underlying strength in humility. Okay? Quiet strength, discipline, even-tempered, content with second place. Now, that doesn't mean while well, we don't strive. Content with second place is that you don't have to, to tear down the guy in front of you so that you look good. You don't have to destroy people in order for you to look good. Content with second place means I know who I am in Christ and Christ is the one who is, who is living his life through me and I don't have to be destructive and destroying something that seems to be better than who I am. That means content there. So, and that what goes on. Even tempered, quick to forgive an offense. Quick to forgive. 
You see, the garment that we wear is quick to forgive. That we don't allow circumstances and people to hinder where we're going. That which offends us only weakens us. It means that I take steps backward rather than forward. Quick to forgive an offense means that I don't allow offense to determine my action. How about that? Forgive as quickly and as completely as God has forgiven us or the Master has forgiven you. You see, we're not allowing anything to take root in our life. These are the garments that we wear. And regardless of what else you put on, what do we put on? Is it up there? Wear, what is it? Love. <laughs> Wear love. 1 Corinthians 13. Love doesn't keep score of wrongdoing. I love that part. <laughs> love that part? Doesn't? You see, love has a way of allowing our life to heal and to deal and to be going on in a consistent ongoing manner. So, in love, it's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Never leave home without it. (laughs) What do we want to end up? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Everything done has a motive. Everything done has a purpose. God wants us to put on the garments. And finally, verses 15, 16, and 17. When love and all these things are part of us, What happens? Let the peace of Christ. You want to have peace? Then put on the right garments. Put on the right perspective. Put on the right... You see, we can't... We need God. He's the one who's made these things and they they are tailor-made for us. God knows exactly what you need to wear and He knows exactly how it fits. And He knows exactly what size... And I'm sure some of it even has elastic waist. (laughs) He knows exactly what fits. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. Let the peace of Christ guard your heart and mind. Keep you in tune. In step with each other. You're not out of step with life. You're out of step with the people who aren't wearing the same garments. And that's a good thing. None of this going off and doing your own thing. None of this, like, I know exactly what God wants me to do and you can't tell me. (laughs) No, none of that. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Cultivate thankfulness. It's, It's something how that love and thankfulness go together that we begin to see that there are good things in our life. Why? Because we're thank- when we begin to see them whenever we are thankful for them. And let the word of Christ, the message, let the scriptures dwell in you richly. That's why we have these daily devotionals and that's why we have these Bibles and all these things. If you need, we need to read the scriptures at least four plus days a week. I remember I told some of you were here for that one, that 
that whenever we read the scriptures four plus days a week, there's a difference between Christians who read the scriptures four plus days a week and those who don't read it at all. Because we need the word to dwell within us. And you see, let the message, let the word of God have the run of your house. Meaning you talk about it, you talk about the scriptures, give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense, meaning the word of God. And sing, (laughs) sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of Jesus. Let every detail be part. God, pray about everything. Worry about nothing. Bring, worry is the alarm that causes us, wants us to bring our needs to the Lord. And what are we supposed to do? Thanking God the Father every step of the way. You see, whenever we're shuffling along, looking down, we don't see God's purpose. We don't look up. And look up and see what God is doing. See Christ's involvement in our life. Putting on the garments. The garments that are specially made for our life. And things begin to change. Special made garments with God label. And of course love. It's the all-purpose one. Makes everything fit. Shall we stand? So, change your wardrobe. (laughs) Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, even-tempered, content with second place, meaning content, don't try and destroy people that seemingly are above you. That's their place, let them have it. I like what the one guy says, There's always room at the top. Step up. (laughs) It's at the bottoms where it's crowded. God gives us a different perspective of how we live, forgive, love, make a difference. And it all begins with Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. My shortcomings my misconceptions. May I put off these old garments and burn them. They no longer exist in this new life that you have given me. Old things pass away. All things become new. Thank you, Lord, for loving me that much. Amen? Amen. Put on the new garments. (laughs) They got God labels on them. (laughs) 